Said better. I said you, it was justice. No, 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 Oh, and Civil War was trash. You literally yeah. said In, like, the same breath, too. Yeah. It was weird. It didn't make any sense. I don't get it. And welcome <laughs> to the Down and Front Podcast. We are back. We shall be recording live for you, and we with a couple of my friends. So I am Warren, your gracious host for the evening. And uh, let's go a quick roundtable, talk about what we've been watching, what we've been drinking, and then let's start with uh, Jesse. Hi. How's it going? I'm doing all right. Yourself? Oh, I'm excellent. You're excellent? You I seem excellent. excellent. You, got, you got a good vibe going on. Thanks, man. Uh, I'm drinking my usual Harpoon Take Fives. Uh, what I've been watching. So, I think it was what we talked about. Uh, it was briefly mentioned in the last podcast, the anime Berserk. Mm-hmm. I found out. So, that night, after we talked about it, I looked it up. And did you know that there's a new season out? I told you Oh, that. that's why I looked it that's up. Why okay. That's why, why I was like, I was waiting for my credit. Yeah. Yep. So, I watched that season. Nice. Uh, the 2016 season, and then I watched the three movies, and you know what? It was all right. <laughs> it was all right. The, the, the television series better. The movies, like, it's weird. If you watch those movies without watching the series, they're really bad movies, because they all they are are rehashes of the TV series. Um, but they all don't really make any sense, and there's no, like, plot line to it. It's just basically uh, an hour and a half long summaries of 26 episodes. Anyway, so I watched that. The new show's okay. The animation has that same 3D CGI animation that I absolutely hate. Same thing that they do in, like, Ajin and yeah. and all that, where it's like, hey, we're doing 3D, but we're going to make it look 2D, but everybody really knows what they're watching, and that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And then today, I have been watching, for a, a second time, uh, all of Band of Brothers, I literally have been watching Band of Brothers since noon today, and <laughs> immediately after you guys leave, I'm just going to keep watching Band of Brothers. It's one in the afternoon right now. Nah. <laughs> not, as, not as impressive as the record. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I actually really like that show, except it's so damn hard to figure out who's who. Like, the only people I can keep track of are Ron Livingston and the guy who plays Dick Winters. And, David Schwimmer? Uh, I mean, you can see David Schwimmer, yes. I... I I never watched that when it first came out. I've only watched a couple episodes. But I feel like seeing Ross jump around in a World War II drama 
That's got to be off-putting. He plays actually that kind of asshole really well in it. Like, believe it or not, David Schwimmer actually does kind of a good like um, as long as you can get past the oh it's Ross phase, which is tough. David, he actually does a pretty good. David job. Schwimmer actually plays that like kind of mean-spirited like prankster very well. Well, there's a point where he's he's like really mean. He's a drill sergeant. Like he's really mean, and then at one point he gets really confused and like kind of scared. And David Schwimmer actually did a passably good job in like that moment. I was like, "Oh, wow. Look at that. Ross has chops." It's just weird that you never see like you can't you'll never ever see that friends cast in anything other than friends. Like even when uh what's her name? Help me out here. Phoebe was in Easy A. Easy A. Like, I, I was thinking Jennifer Aniston. Like, Jennifer Aniston was in that comedy a while back. Well, she's in a whole the bunch family. of things. The Millers. The Millers. We're the Millers. Yeah, Same like, thing. Like, she was great in that, but I still can't not I'd have to say Courtney Cox would scream. She did a good job getting out of. Yeah, good call. Good call. But, I think I think Lisa Kudrow's done enough on her own. She had that, like... It was like a psychiatrist show on HBO that she was, it was, it, I don't, I think it was very well received critically and just no one watched it. Lisa Kudrow also has been doing a lot of voice acting. Right, That's right. her other like side project, which you'd never really notice, but she's done a lot of voice work, uh, most recently Bojack Horseman, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. She plays the owl girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I hmm. still have never seen the show. Yeah. Bojack's really cool. Bojack's yeah. great. Um, but yeah, that's what I watched. Um... <laughs> No, no interesting movies. I didn't see uh, Sausage Party or Sausage Fest. Boo! I didn't. I'm just here for emotional support as usual. And the drinking. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Mike, what's up? What's happening? How's it going? Ah, not too bad. You look extra cute today, so thank you. That's only slightly above Tasmanian Devil cute. Not even that ugly. I don't know what that means. Have you seen Tasmanian Devil? Have you? Oh yeah. Oh, I've seen the one in cartoons. Does that count? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, what are you watching? So, <laughs> so what I'm, uh, I'm drinking a Vitiano. Is that bottle of wine empty already? Oh, most of it's in still in the glass. I, I pour huge glasses. It's also a big glass to pour into. Um, it's a Verdicchio Vermentino. I'm half Italian, so I should be able to pronounce better, but, you know. Yeah. Life happens. So it's pretty good. It's crisp. It costs less than $7. For our friends at the uh, Twitter of our Friends with Blends, could you give us a quick wine pairing and tasting for that? I'd have to say that it would go with a nice uh, cream fraiche. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be my best. Um, no, I have no idea. I, I have this really, really... So I, the, the, the thing with me and food is that I view it as consumable. Not like anything more than that. I eat it and then it goes away. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, blending wine, uh, you could give me the antithesis of the correct wine with the correct food, and I would still find it equally pleasurable in my mouth hole. Um, would you say it goes well with a Doritos Loco Taco? I've never, I've never hated myself enough to get one of those. <laughs> They're not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no that I was don't the, think it's a hate thing. What was it? it was it was the mac and Cheetos that you got? Oh yeah, yes. that's the thing I never. Yeah, I'm true. still waiting for. So we all work scatterbrained jobs um, that don't apply with too many consecutive days off. Let's say uh, I'm still waiting for the multiple days off just to do the Haribo gummy challenge because I hate myself enough to do that one. That seems hilarious based on those Amazon comments alone. You heard it here first? 
Um, yeah, so someday you're going to come in, and instead of uh, what have you been watching, it's just going gonna to be me staring at my, my shower curtains. <laughs> Tell, <laughs> telling a heck of a hair bow story. Um, in terms of what I've been watching, uh, so I saw the Netflix original movie. Uh, nothing critically acclaimed. It was The Do-Over by Adam Sandler, oh, second out of his four-picture film. Um, I know Jesse and I had both seen The Ridiculous Six when it came out. And I kind of liked it. It was okay. Yeah. Uh, it was. I saw it at four in the morning and was just like, mm, that, was a, that was a thing I saw. Um, the Do-Over was better. It was. I actually recommend seeing it. It was there was twists in it that the uh, the the main big twist I saw coming, but I saw coming at like the halfway point, and then they had the final reveal maybe like the three quarters way. Um, the first half of the movie, you pretty much had like no clear understanding of what was going on, which was a good thing, you know, like where you're like, all right, I'm kind of intrigued at like what the motivations of the characters are. Uh, David Spade was his usually annoying self, but Adam Sandler is actually, like, really good. And it was funny. It had, like, genuine moments that I was laughing out loud. Not a lot. Not, not a lot. But a couple. It's a, typical, it's a typical Adam Sandler movie, so... No, 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 no. no. Come on. Do you think it has the feel of, like, his theatrical releases? Uh... Like, I mean, when I say the Adam Sandler movie, I'm talking about, like... Little Nicky and Waterboy. And yeah, so that it's really weird where Adam Sandler, for me, had two good movies, three okay movies, uh, three okay movies, I-, I take that back, two great movies, three good movies, and the rest has been trash. Would you count, though, like, Punch Drunk Love? I never saw that one. Would you count them as Adam Sandler? I never... Because they're technically not. I don't count that as an Adam Sandler. I never... So I never saw Punch Drunk Love. I never saw Spanglish. I did see Click, and I saw Click... I saw... It was a weird situation, because I saw Click a year afterwards, and I knew everyone who'd seen it was like, yeah, this is terrible. I actually absolutely loved Click. I thought it was good. I thought it was a really good movie, but I came into it viewing it as, like, it wasn't a comedy. And I think that was the big thing, that they hyped up those whole, like, beginning comedic scenes, that when it it turned serious, everyone was like, well, this is... Whoa, this is a totally different movie. And so so I came into it viewing it as not a funny movie, and it was really good. Um, I think that it's probably... The do-over was probably on par with... The Little Nicky's, maybe a little less than Waterboy, but like Good uh, good Daddy. Like, it's certainly no uh, Happy Daddy. Gilmore or Billy Madison. Like, those those are two of the funniest movies I think I've ever seen. Big Daddy, not Good Daddy. Uh, Big Daddy, Big Daddy. Yeah, yeah, I knew that sounded wrong. <laughs> um, so, I, like, yeah, there's the, the two pinnacle movies of Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison are like two of the funniest comedies I think I've ever seen. Like, I just, I love those. Um, and he, like, I think it was in that mid-tier, but definitely worth checking out. It was, like, under two hours, I was quick like, watch. Talk, I was talking to Filippelli um, earlier today, and we had a conversation about the do-over, and I'm like, I'm glad that, uh, Netflix came out with that particular sort of article that talked about that they're just gonna come out and do these movies, because it's gonna make them money anyway, and I would rather... Like, I don't like Adam Sandler. Like, I, I, I thought Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison were not funny movies. I just don't like his comedy. So anything from <coughs> SNL all the way throughout, basically anything with him in a comedic role, I'm like, this is terrible. But that's just me. Um, 
But I do like the fact that he is actually at least put there, like Netflix is putting out those movies to say that, hey, you can watch this if you want. You're paying for the subscription service for whatever else that's out there. Stranger Things and, you know, the presidential one with uh, Kevin Spacey and House of Cards. House of Cards. Oh, I was, like, was going to say House of something. But I was Marvel. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of other content on there, and I'm, and I'm glad that Netflix is like, hey, like if you want to watch this movie, you're already paying for it. You may as well. If not, feel free not. Ron, what have you been watching? Uh, so, Go ahead, as I hit here, sit here in the corner of shame for some words that I may or may not have said on another <laughs> podcast, we'll check the tapes. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I've been watching a couple things, like every once in a while I'll get in a knack for like, hey, I want to go see a, a nice indie film and stuff. So I saw a trailer for this new movie, Nerve, and it looked really neat and interesting. It's basically uh, about... Uh, a group of kids that sign up for a video game online and then they actually have to um, actually have to enact dares in the real world in order to get points and continue to score. Um, it's actually a really good movie. Uh, it stars uh, Emma Roberts uh, and uh, Dave Franco. Oh. And so they do a really good job with their characters. Um, What's that on? Uh, it's out in theaters. Oh, word. Yeah. And um, it's actually directed by the people that did uh, Catfish, if you ever saw that movie. Mm-hmm. And they also did some of the Paranormal Activity films. Mm-hmm. So it has that similar feel of like, kind of like close camera shots and running through a city and stuff. Um, what's really cool about it, I didn't know about this, but it's actually based on a young adult novel. Mm-hmm. So sort of like, kind of has that Hunger Games or Divergence vibe to it, but doesn't take place in a dystopian future, which was like a really nice change of pace. It actually takes place in... None of them were werewolves or vampires. (laughs) Yeah, no high fantasy stuff. It's kind of a bit more grounded than those others, so it was actually more entertaining, but the characters aren't going to be more than what they are on screen. But it's definitely worth a watch if you have time. Noted. Um, I've also been starting to marathon uh, Man the High Castle, I'm about five episodes in. Nice. Um, I really like it so far. Uh, it's a bit of a slow burn, but one thing that I really like is, uh, have y'all ever read any books by Harry Turtledove or know who he is? No. He's this guy that writes books that um, they're all about um, speculative fiction of history. And so he started with a book called Guns of the South which was about a guy that traveled back in time and gave the Confederate soldiers machine guns and changed how the Civil War ended. Uh, And he actually built a whole universe of novels based on that one situation. So he goes into, like, the 30s and the 40s and 50s and how those countries grow into the more global scale of things up to World War I and War II and how that actually plays out. Um, And High Castle does a similar type of thing. Uh, It's based on a book by Philip K. Dick. Uh, and it's about if the U.S. didn't win World War II and how Japan and Germany would split it up. And it's really interesting to see because they don't really go into a thing where, oh, everything between Germany and Japan is honky-dory. No, they even have their own political issues to get through. And it's interesting to see how the rebellion builds against those higher powers as well. What, one of it's interesting you bring that up. Uh, this I haven't finished it because the whole book's like three thousand pages, um, but there is this book called What If that's 
curated by Stephen uh, Ambrose, who's a very like significant his- history writer. Um, really great. Like um, takes those situations, like uh, for example, if the U.S. didn't win World War II, um, and then just like has historians write factual based essays on it. Um, and so they take different ones and they go like all literally from like, uh, I think the earliest was somewhere in the, in the Greek world, but like the the classic one was like, if Jesus was never crucified, where, you know, cause the whole, you know, the crucifixion is so important to Christendom. Where would that religion go? Confederacy, if the Confederacy won the Civil War. Like, it just takes all these things. But these guys are actually trained research historians that they take factual evidence from that time period, apply it to changing one small event, and then spinning it how they would see it all turn out. Yeah, what would be the logical outcome So it's, it's, it's certain situations? It's not, it's not history, but it's also not completely fiction. Um, really, really interesting read. Uh, what if by Steve, uh, curated by Stephen Ambrose. You might get a bunch of different authors on it. Um, What's the series called? I'm trying to look it up. It's it's called. Uh, so I have it. It's two parts. What if one and what if two. The book I have it is one part. I used to get to work. So to beat traffic, uh, I would leave it at some like asinine time in the morning, and then literally like I'd either get to work with an hour like you know an hour leeway. Or I'd be late, so I chose the hour leeway, and I would sit and read this book every single morning. And it's a fantastic read. Very well written. These guys are all obviously very well spoken and uh, very good at their research. So, like, again, I've I read a couple that I'm like, like, I, I forgot what I was reading. This goes back to the static in my brain. Um, I forgot what I was reading. I was like... Man, I really don't remember this going this way, but, like, this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always... I think it's just a good mental exercise to always ask what if, just to think of, like, other possibilities that may have happened, just to entertain yourself sometimes. And these aren't even... the, the That brings up a good point, that they're not... They're not... The what-ifs aren't like, well, what if man never discovered fire? They're like, well, what if... Dunkirk was lost. Speaking of future movies, yeah. you know, it's it, the, the authors go into very, very specific scenarios that, all, like, all of a sudden would have huge implications on these very big scenarios. Right. So, yeah, I, I think that's, I think it's not like, what if the, the Allies lost World War I? It would, it's like, what if the U.S. knew about Pearl Harbor? Right. With more time to respond. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. I just put it... It's a very, very good book. I, I really recommend it. Yeah, these, these type of subjects are always really interesting, and they have an entertaining value to them. They also have an inquisitive value to them at all times. Uh, other than that, I've uh, definitely been watching the Olympics. It's probably the thing I've been watching the most for the last uh, week and a half. Um, Olympics, uh, despite any of the criticisms of how it's run and everything... Um, the athletes and the events are amazing, I think. I really like the Olympics because every four years, you get to see a lot of sports that just don't really get to shine in the limelight perennially, like football or basketball. Uh, and one of those sports I really like to watch is fencing. Like, the last three Olympics have made me a fan of fencing. And it's all about not only the sport itself, but how they present it. Like, how the whole crowd is in total darkness and they liked the stage where the fencers are, just that solitary light. 
It looks like something out of Tron if someone was actually like nice. like playing like the Tron games. And it's really interesting to see how they use technology in that sport to uh, be able to actually mark when someone hits each other, how their uh, helmets will just light up as soon as they're hit and stuff. Uh, and um, also seeing just some amazing things like, I don't know if anybody saw Usain Bolt. Last night, everybody saw that. That's it, he, it, it's so ridiculous how easy he makes it look. Like he was at least three quarter strides behind um, Gatlin, Gatlin, and then he just halfway through the hundred meters, just all right. I'm gonna go, go ahead, move past everybody. And lastly, I'll just say I got a very important public service announcement. So on Netflix, starting this month is the very first time you can see all seven seasons of Mad Men. You can sit down oh, watch the complete series. Yes. So if anybody's never seen this series, I implore everybody oh, listening to this, please. go sit down, take vacation from your job, and watch this whole series. Yes. It's one of the best series ever made for television. Uh, if you don't know, it stars John Hamm as Don Draper, marketing man in Manhattan in the 50s. Yes. And it goes through its... Probably the best written series ever. It goes through a man's um, struggle with like his job, his life, his family, and what is that? And also going through a very volatile time in America as well. And they actually wrap all of that together really well. Amazing characters, amazing cast. Um, Matthew Weiner, whenever he does anything next, I'm definitely watching it yes. because yeah. I'm one of his biggest fans right now. I that right now, and I guess like overall, that was probably my favorite favorite series because I watched that every episode, every Sunday. I was watching that, and I was like switching back and forth between that and Game of Thrones and stuff like that. Yeah, I would I would ignore Game of Thrones to watch Mad Men first. <sighs> really, I don't, know, I don't know if I'm there just yet. Um, because Game of Thrones has ramped it up for the last season. It did. It ramped it up last, last season, season definitely. Because Mad Men had a... Mad Men wasn't on TV either. Yeah, so. well, but Mad Men <laughs> had a couple of those seasons that, like, truly deviated a lot, but then it found its way back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still good. I mean, the, the, the writing was still solid. I loved Mad Men. I, I'm probably going to go back and marathon that probably sometime this year again. Yeah, it's um, definitely... That's good. It's, it's long. It definitely is, like you said, seven seasons, but... The character development and the growth through that, especially once you, whenever you meet Peggy, was it's just so good. And the way they just use language on the show, it's it's totally different from anything else on TV. You might think of it as very commonplace words, but it's a lot of pacing and a lot of when words are said that the dramatic impact is like nothing else. So Warren, what you been watching? Uh, yeah, I've been watching a couple things. I did finally get a chance to ke- uh, catch up on Ghostbusters, so I did see that, and uh, I was listening to the actual 2016, the all-women Ghostbusters. Oh, I thought yet. you had already no, seen no, that. No, I actually haven't seen that. That's why I missed the, uh, the recording of it. And I also was in the town. But um, I did see the Ghostbusters, and I know just to add a couple of notes to that, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was funny. So it was like nothing too crazy, nothing too, uh, like, glaring or anything out there, but... I thought that movie was fun. It was very, it was a very enjoyable movie. The one thing that I thoroughly enjoyed about the movie is that Melissa McCarthy didn't focus on physical comedy, and she no. focused on her dialogue and the use of. She the, had that. The, she had that one. She did joke. have that one, but it was so quick. You knew it was gonna happen. I was like, okay, that's your that's your one Kevin James moment. I need you to go past that. 
But I'm currently drinking a uh, red wine, a mischief red wine from 2013 in uh, California, I believe in Sonoma. Um, something called Lost Angel. I'll post a photo. But uh, it is quite phenomenal. And even better chilled. This is a red blend that's even better chilled. Super smooth, super easy to drink. Um, a little bit heavy on the actual sort of um, scent of it, but it's really good. So definitely check that out. The only other thing that I watch, I watch a, a bunch of the small stuff, but not enough to kind of view. Um, yeah, so that's the stuff that I've uh, been watching. The last one was a movie that uh, Jesse, me and Rui, me and we were talking about for a little bit, but it was uh, Finding a Friend at the End of the World. Um, and that movie was it was very good. It was very enjoyable. I like seeing Steve Carell outside of comedic roles because I don't think he's funny. Yes, that means I don't like the you don't office. don't like anything funny. Apparently. That's correct. Um, but I like... That movie was very interesting, very deep, very dark. It was a very dark comedy, but that's always something interesting from those dark comedies that you have. And I think even um, our feature film today um, talked about a little bit of those elements, of a, kind of a dark comedy. Like, you laugh, but you take it, like, you take a second and think about it, like, ooh, I actually didn't think about that as much. So, um, I do like that film through and through. I thought it was very good. Um, even in the end, I like the end sequence. See, the I end like kind of messed happens. me up. Because the reason you watched it was because we had this talk about movies that fuck you up when they're over. Yeah, what and was that it, was the first one that came to mind. What was the movie that I had saw? Actually, I can't, can't remember. We, we talked about The Mist. We talked about Friend of the End of the World. <laughs> yeah, I left about, The Mist. You left The Mist? I thought, the best part is the yeah, end, though. No, no, no. So, so, I, so I, is, I, I came oh, yes. back. I came back for the end. So, like, I, I got a phone call midway through, and I was like, well, this more movie is terrible, so I'm going to go outside for a minute. And I missed half the movie, and I came back in, and for the end, I literally started laughing. I, I thought it was the funniest thing. I, that ending was awful. What? Because you didn't watch the rest of the goddamn movie. Oh, I, I watched enough of it. I took a <laughs> phone call and then went back in, but, like... I hated The Mist. I hated The Mist. So what, what's a movie that after you watched it, you were just like, oh, that kind of... Fuck me up. Oh, I know the two movies that we were talking about, but go ahead. Uh, that messed me up. Because the one I mentioned was Friend at the End of the World. That was one of those movies where I was like, oh. And you know what I actually watched recently that had the same kind of feel was uh, Melancholy? Or Melancholia? Melancholia. It, that was like a year ago. <laughs> That's though. Lars Van Trier. He'll, he's... He just does. That he I, I don't know if I like the movie, but I remember afterwards being thinking about it and being like, "That's oh, kind of weird." I, you know, not like messed up. I'd probably say I don't know. I just I I don't. I feel like I I avoid a lot of like those real terrible ones, like the real bad ones. Like Green Dream. That's yeah, I haven't seen one. that. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen. Uh, you haven't seen that? No, my hair is really good. You have to just, watch it. I know. It. I haven't seen. I haven't seen like a Serbian film. Yeah, yeah. you don't need to I see that. that. No, like I, I miss uh, probably honestly. Irreversible. Yeah. yeah you well, don't I mean, the the thing about that movie is, a, it's a movie. Yeah. yeah. So, you it's have to yeah, it's, it's entertainment. You have to at least appreciate what the artist, what the director, what the writer, what they're trying to accomplish. And if it makes you feel that squirmy and... Because I saw Requiem for a Dream not knowing... This is like way back when. Not knowing what kind of movie it was. And that ruined my entire day. Because I was like, I, 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 don't know what to, I don't know what to think anymore. This is kind of strange. And another movie that I just recently watched, this is what actually started it all, was when I, I saw The Danish Girl. 
Um, and this is what I was talking Ooh, about. I was talking right, about Guillermo. Good, yeah. And that movie also, <laughs> that, messes, that messes with your head. That messes you up. And it, it's the story, and like, spoiler alert, but it is the story of one of the first sort of transgenders, like the transgender men, woman, um, being, like, realistically ever. And it's a great, it's a beautiful story. The, the cinematography is gorgeous. Um, Alicia Vikander and, uh, damn, I forget his name every time. He has a, such a powerful name. Mm, I think about it. Like, Benedict Cumberbatch? No, no. <laughs> he played in Jupiter Ascending. He was also, he also in Red Oh, strong. Redmayne. Yes, Eddie Redmayne. Eddie so, uh, Alicia Vikander, Eddie Redmayne, their character, they're, they're married, which I just didn't realize, but it's a very, very strong story, especially from the time now, because a lot of stuff is coming out, especially this year. So, I think it was very prescient that that movie came out mm, December, uh, January, and then leading up to exactly what we're talking about. Hmm. So, that movie took me back and I'm like I'm in this mode now I need to like think let me think more out of it and then Jesse told me about that um, like the one that I was talking about here during I, I don't get messed up by media too much click click kind of probably messed you up click messed me up click yeah, messed me up yeah. but because yeah. you didn't expect it Not like all of a sudden yeah. you're like wow that movie just but again I saw me. I saw it like well later I think I think there's two things that I remember that actually mess with my mind Empire Strikes Back when I was seven because I was seven. It's never been the same since. No, it was bad. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you know, you're just seven, and we're just like, like the like, literally the master of evil, as Obi Wan calls him, and then he's Luke's father. Like, spoiler alert: he's Luke's father, and bro, like, like, bro, I know, I'm killing Warren right now. The like, Ryan yeah. Dow's out there <laughs> does not know. The that. Wayne Dow's out there. The Wayne Dow. He might not know. The Ellie Sung's out there. Oh, do not know. She knows. No, he does. He told me. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. You got that. Yeah, yeah. Wendell knows. Yeah. Love you, Derek. Uh, oh yeah. Seriously. Um, but the the only other thing that like kind of really messed me up was the last couple episodes of Breaking Bad. Yeah. That show, I, like I. Most of the time, I just watch something and I'm like whatever. But I watched the last couple episodes in a row, and it was a fr- I never forgot this. It was a Friday night. My roommates. This was when I was in my like younger years, because we're going back to this. We're all young people, but even younger years. Uh, my roommates come up to me like, "Oh, it's Friday night. Do you want to? You wanna, like? Let's go out. Let's you know party." And I was just like, "Nah, I'll see you guys tomorrow," because <laughs> this is. Too much. Yeah. Too much for me. Yeah. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. That mess, mess yeah. my head. That was good. I mean, the first two seasons, like, it took me a while to get to that show. Um, and even, I actually need to finish Better Call Saul. I'm actually bummed I didn't finish that. I, mm. need, I need to finish that because that was good. Second but, season Second season was real on point. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but uh, speaking of sausage fests. One thing I did want to mention though. Yeah. Is I forgot to mention what I'm drinking. Right now I'm on drinking my third seven and seven. Oh, so third? Yeah. You getting fancy? You guys were yeah. late. We had to start late. <laughs> yeah, I've been nursing like seven sevens all night. But <laughs> just because we're late, I need to believe. drink more. <laughs> Bryland, Bryland, I I'm impressed you are still alive right now. Yeah, you get used to it. If you've been doing it since college, <laughs> it's just like water. True. I mean, I literally I'm already empty it out of my bottle of wine. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I kind of regret not getting a second one. Um, but let's transition into our feature. I know they've been waiting. Tonight, 
we are going to be discussing and talking about a very, very new, um, kind of original, and I know we say kind of, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but the movie by Seth Rogen called Sausage Party. <laughs> Sausage. Sausage Party. Opened up this past weekend, and uh, I actually haven't taken a look at any of the reviews or any of the trailers or anything at all. So I, all the only thing that I knew personally, me and being like completely blind to everything, was that it's an animated film with Seth Rogen. That's all that I went into it. Yeah, pretty um, much me too. Yeah? Anybody have been looking at any of the reviews or anything so far? No. no. Uh, uh, critics yeah. are enjoying it. Yeah? Enjoying it? Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I've read all the reviews. <laughs> and actually, it's been getting fairly positive. Pretty good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they so, say, I do have to say it goes a little, from what I've read, they say it goes a little over the top in certain scenes near the end, which have already been spoiled for me, but that's about it. Oh, come on. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it goes over the top, and this is obviously non-spoiler. We're going to get into the spoiler section pretty quickly, because we just want to make sure we keep this conversation honest. Um, I think that they went over the top very early. And I liked it because they established that tone and the pace. It was like, cool, this is the kind of movie you're into. If you don't like it, you better leave right now. And it was almost like a like a bear to see at the top of the movie theater. Like, this is the jokes that we're saying. Do you like it? If not, you should leave. And that was probably the opening number. It was a song number that started. Yeah. So that was like my kind of sort of non-biased things. I thoroughly enjoy it, obviously, for um, adults. Not a kids movie. I think some people was thinking it would be a kids movie, but not even close. Um, but the the biggest thing that I would say, and that's my last thought, was I felt that this was a mix between South Park and Toy Story. You blend those two together, you get this actual movie. So that's me. Yeah, and a little bit of um, this is the end. Right, kind of right. A lot yeah. of it. <laughs> no, yeah, that's what I was gonna say it's this is the end blended with Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. But, um, what can you say about this movie that? Hasn't already been said about Seth Rogen films before, so I mean, this is him him getting his best buds together. I I wish they had like a team name because when they come together, they they make these type of movies. It's, it's, the, it's the Adap it's the Adapow group. It yeah. is the yeah. Adapow group. It's the, it's the Apatow group. Oh, yeah, they're like, not they're not the, the it's not the uh, the frat pack. That was. That was, uh, was Will Ferrell. No, no, no. That was yeah. That was Will Ferrell, Steve Carell, and it was Anchorman guys. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I also was not Happy Gilmore because you know Adam Sandler and well, that's Sandler's guys. posse. Yeah. No, the yeah. frat yeah. pack Sandler refers. The frat pack refers to because it was Vince Vaughn. That's the other big yeah. one. The frat pack refers to uh, old school. And, like, that movie started a whole bunch of, like, all those guys. Like, yeah, there's, hearing. like, the Wilson brothers and stuff. No, there is. There is a name for that, that crowd. I, it's, like, more than just, like, the Apatow bunch. That's what they are. Yeah. They're always in the Apatow movies. They're all, yeah, they're yeah. all the same thing. Did he, he I don't think he had a, a credit in this. Uh, but he had a pretty, he His had daughter did, though. His daughter did. No, he'd, I'd stay for the commercial, like, not the commercials, the, the credits, and he did not. Judd Apatow did not appear as an executive or official producer. Yeah, I, I don't think he had anything to do with this movie. Like, I mean, very similar to This is the End. Uh, and also, I think, probably super bad. And it goes along the lines of, like, being related to the that universe of movies. Well, super bad was before... Before, right? Like, Superbad, I don't think was... Superbad, I think, was, like, their first foray into, like, we want to do that something... Was Rogan? Seth Rogen, yeah. um, Jonah Hill. Right, Hill. oh, no, no, because they were the cops. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I, yeah, I totally Bill forgot. And those Bill guys. Hader, yeah. 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 
Yeah, sorry, I totally forgot about the cop storyline. Yeah. Which was awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was complete. I remember I was watching that movie in theater. I was like, well, I didn't, at the time, Bill Hader wasn't that big, but I was like, this guy is very fucking funny. This is awesome. Yeah. Well, he right. always surprised me how good he is. Yeah. Side note on this one, uh, no one cares, but uh, the that movie came out literally as like a month before I was going to college. So it, it hit on the most impactful, like, moment where I was just like, all right, well, that's the life. You know he wrote that when he was 15, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's because he was supposed to be the main character. He was supposed to be Jonas Hill's, Hill's character. And then he literally got to, Seth Rogen, that is, but he, uh, Seth Rogen got too old. So he's like, oh, we better write these cops in that are trying to relive their glory days because that's what I'm trying to do with this movie. Which is Awesome. Like, that's... Oh, that's awesome. So, so good. This all has nothing to do with this. Is the, uh, it, no, does. It, it does. Sausage it does. It's the same no, it, all, it, it, all, it all fits. It all yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, in this particular case, like, you have arguably, like, in a... Yeah, okay, so they you have... have they have a the niche. End. They found a niche that works for them. Yeah. They come together, and they can bring an audience in, which, I mean, I, I, I like this movie. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, does it go beyond anything that he's done before? I don't think so. But it's still like they have these raunchy jokes, very gross puns and stuff. Um, very predictable story, but a lot of heart put into the characters where you're like, you know what, even though they're disgusting, I'm going to enjoy yeah. the hell out of this. Yes. I mean, we can transition because now we've been talking about a little bit of like our... Um sort of likes and stuff like that, non-biased. So we're going to then transition to our kind of spoiler section. So if you haven't seen the movie, I would definitely suggest at least go watching it. Um, I think it's funny. It's a very fun film to watch with a bunch of bros or a bunch of gals, whatever you're fancy. Um, and so feel free to stop it and come back to us in, the mo- in a moment. So, And here's some Jeopardy music. Can't we're, use, we're can't not, use actual yeah. Jeopardy music. Yeah, they'll sue us. Yeah. No, 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 no. Alistair like, Bank will knock down the like door. It's like imitation Jeopardy music. Like, boom, hey, what's boom, that a boot? Because Alistair Bank is Canadian. Here's some... Here, oh, you put this one. Uh, and here's some music from our favorite band called... Beats. Beats. <laughs> you can't use that either. But, that's, uh, that's yeah. also copyrighted infringement. Disney is more... I'm going to put some Mayanus in that. Sprinkle some Mayonnaise tracks on that. In the right in the middle. Here's some meatloaf for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can't play that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually like very on point. Okay. Uh, anyways, I think the the like the best win of this was the writing. Like yeah. it was it was a legitimately very funny movie. Uh, I like it wasn't as funny as this is the end, but I will never not enjoy all of these comedians getting together and just making a fun film. Like, Kristen Wiig, I don't think I've heard her swear at all. I mostly know her from her Lifetime original movie, and then maybe a little bit of SNL and Ghostbusters. And so, like, like again, hearing someone just, like, tell these, like, raunchy, raunchy jokes and get away with it and, like, not feel awkward about it was, was amazing. Um, I thought that the way that they, so this kind of goes into the criticism a little bit. Like, I thought some of the jokes were very easy. Yeah. Like, all right, they had like the, you know, the Muslim Arabic 
thing with like the Jewish thing and he's a bagel yeah yeah and so so it was an easy joke to make that being said I liked their relationship it, it I end, thought it was very funny I, I think it ends up I mean they they end up earning that easiness by like throwing in like the hummus joke and saying like hey everybody likes yeah, hummus yeah that was awesome <laughs> that was awesome I think yeah. it's, it, it's it took very those, long to get there though it's Good one job. of those it's yeah. one of those like weird combined like kind of a criticism but kind of a win where like they set up these jokes they had a very diverse character set and they actually did a good job of incorporating all these things so they could make these jokes I actually honestly thought one of the funniest things was the Nazi sauerkraut that like, was that was amazing yes like that was wicked funny there's I think the biggest win of this and also the biggest like what held it back the most the easy comparison is this is the end and this is the end you went in you're like oh my god what this is all new whereas you had the same cast of people and they're all very funny but they almost limited themselves because they had to play the jewish bagel or like the the muslim i don't know what that bread is they weren't they weren't playing themselves right but they the, had to, the, the they jewish had to, bagel wasn't jewish yeah it's Edward Norton. <laughs> yeah. yeah which is which, surprising yeah, but but they they fit the tropes so yeah. like they were all funny but they wouldn't break outside the tropes cuz the the tropes also brought jokes i think that was the that was to me the biggest shortcoming but also a strength that they were they were able to finally successfully navigate like all right let's let's deal with muslim israeli relations in a cartoon fruit movie which is like one of the strengths that i have talked about because you you never see that and funny that we mentioned this uh, a little bit, and I'll, I'm going to have you continue, Mike. But uh, yeah, no, no. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, funny that we mentioned this, but I think maybe Adam Sandler may have been the only person that come close to it. Maybe in some of his like Zohan movies or whatever other movie that he had. I know it's bad, but he does at least bring up, and he has a hummus joke, and he talks about the Israelis. He, he brings that stuff up. There's nobody that jokes about that, but at least kind of bring it to light. And that's still a very serious sort of... That's a very, very serious sort of relation of people that I know who currently live in the U.S. still have issues with that. And I'm glad that in an animated film, and I like the fact that it was animated because you take out the human aspect of it, just mm. a little bit, you're a little bit more believable with characters that looks like a, it's a fucking hot dog. So, of course, you do, right? Um, I'm glad that they had a chance to kind of talk about this stuff and tackle some of that stuff to know that, oh, we have these super, super, like difficult ideals and were completely different but then near near the end of this movie it slowly starts coming together oh we're on the same aisle oh my gosh we're actually right next to each other oh we have a best friend in hummus together and then I guess we're in love or whatever yeah. <laughs> whatever <laughs> that last yeah, movie we'll talk about the last three movies biggest win of the movie we'll talk about that I mean it's interesting you bring that up because I see where people can read that into the movie and want to take that away. I feel like the movie, just the script, it wanted to keep it so simple that that really didn't become an issue for people watching the movie, sort of. So, like, 
they that people wanted to that uh, they wanted to make a movie that you could either take either way, like it's just a fun dumb movie, or hey, I actually got something out of this. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's a, a criticism of it or not. I don't know if I would actually call it a criticism, but it'd be like one of my minor nitpicks about the fun, movie. Yeah. I mean, I and I definitely hear you on that. I looked at it and I have a bunch of nit- nitpicks on this movie. I'm just glad, like South Park, they went there. They made fun of it. And they're like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about this completely freely. I had no idea what the hell kind of pita or exactly what bread that was. So but lo- they call it lava. Lava? Yeah. Um, I don't know what that was, but at least throughout we started hearing more and more. And he had a bunch of other friends and it was making fun of the Jewish kid, which also goes back to... Uh, or the bagel, excuse me. But it also goes back to like bullying. Like mm-hmm. they tackled a lot of difficult issues so quickly. It was like it was a, like the overarching issue, and I'll get into it after um, Blue. It says it, but they also talk about that pretty heavily. Where you know the wiener or the the sausage has a completely almost existential conversation with the bun, and like why do you believe this? And she's like, why do you believe this? And I sat there in the theater like, oh my gosh. She's believing in God. Yes. (laughs) That was, this is why I thoroughly enjoy the movie. And this is why I want people to watch the movie so we can talk about this. And I would love to discuss this because I know we're going to get into this conversation of religion and spirituality and stuff like that here in this podcast tonight. Um, But just being able to see that in this raunchy comedy say hey we can be completely filthy and completely gross but at the same time we can still make a smart movie and there's a lot of smart um, elements to get you thinking about this movie yeah I would say my big character win though is uh, Meatloaf yeah Meatloaf (laughs) made me smile I love that he's a box of Meatloaf that looks like Meatloaf and he's riding the bike with all the fire (laughs) behind him Uh, it was the greatest scene ever Uh, Mike what's some ones you got that uh, I mean I I really like the voice acting. Okay. I from a technical standpoint, uh, really spot on. Really like it almost felt like uh, whenever I see an animated film, I always think that the animators drew to the lines is a good one. If it feels the reverse, where like a voice actor is speaking to the animation, it's not good. And I felt like they were actually drawn to what was happening in the dialogue. Um, and so I, I really like that. Um, I also just really like filthy, disgusting, gross stuff. <laughs> so, like, the fact that they were just, like, they were just, they, pretty much everything was going on. They dropped a C word in an American, an American comedy. Yeah. had the C word in it. That's amazing. Like, I have a, we, you know, we work with a couple, uh, by a couple, I mean, one very amazing British folk who, who uses that word pretty frequently. Like we say shit. Liberally. Liberally. And I, I wish, because that is a fun word to say in private when no one else is around you. It's a very fun word to say. Um, and so... Yeah, I, th- I thought for, like, a very big, like, m- you know, major picture release to be able to use that in American film. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I also love the love bath salts. I love bath salts. <laughs> that part was so good. 
The, the way was so good. And it was yeah. so topical. Like, the way he bought it was just, like, was amazing. And then... I was, for sure, was hoping that he would eat somebody's face. I yeah. Really that <laughs> Mr. Florida, man. Yeah, man. I, I also... This is one of those things that, like, it's... For me, um... I, I liked how they bridged the gap between the human world and the food world. And, like, they, they used the bath salts to really show that, like, oh, these are different realities that no most no one can understand. One of the big shortcomings for me was that they didn't show at the end the other way. Yeah. I would have absolutely loved if this movie ended with them going through the portal and then seeing all the voice actors sitting in a room together being like, what did we just smoke? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like literally everyone coming through and just be like, did you just think you were a hot dog for an hour and a half? Like, I thought that would have been... I thought it was going to come. I yeah. thought it was going to happen, and it was a payoff I was expecting, and it never happened. That being said, like I said, I really enjoyed the whole drug thing being used to bridge the gap between food and reality. Even the toothpick of drugs and... Yeah, oh, oh yeah. Like, yeah. dude, the whole basalt scene was amazing. I even liked the absurdity of the druggie's death. How he just randomly has a battle axe hanging above of his Of course, face. yeah, and that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. the Stephen Hawking character... I was crying because I was like... Well, what do you mean you have this, oh, shit, this motherfucker's gum, of course. And, uh, oh, especially, like, even going back to, like, the, oh, these are the non-perishables. Well, yeah. you have grits, you have Twinkies, and you have fire water. I'm like, yes, that's, that's just funny. Sense. Yeah, that is funny, In a grocery man. way as yeah. well as this way. <laughs> uh, like that's a smart kind of that's a smart kind of film. Yeah, see, I, I I I like that as a as a person with not a ton of boundaries. Like I really enjoy the fact that like they have a, they have a diverse cast, men, women, black, white, Asian, maybe I don't know, um, and they they came to the conclusion like all right, well we're gonna touch on all these things that like it doesn't matter what gender, race, you're going to find something funny about this and something you can relate to. And it's it's good that they don't shy away from that. They, they, they had the black actor play Grits, and he was hilarious at it. Like, mm-hmm. that's amazing. And that just shows, like, the level of trust they have with each other's comedians. I would also, like, even on that one, I would think in... The majority of the media, I mean, I can only imagine if they had a white person playing, a, saying a black person's voice playing Grits mm. on the on the jokes they had about crackers, which, by the way, I was crying <laughs> in the theaters, right? Cool crying of cracker ass cracker, bro! <laughs> fucking said it. So, uh, by the way, all our fans, I am black, and that's hilarious. <laughs> um, I am. Not white. Nah. nah. <laughs> you're pretty Like white. the whitest you're person ever. White. Yeah, I, um, no, I grew, I grew up eating a lot of grits. Well, oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Brian's um, that weird, like, half. Like, he was southern, but, like... I think there would have been, been an absolute <laughs> craziness if a white actor, which could have been easily done, Mike, oh, the a voice, white actor voice. would have had a, some sort of silly whatever voice he can think of to play grits, who's supposed to be a black actor. The one thing I'm interested in, though, and now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think we got any Asian people in this movie. Soy sauce. Yeah, it was I soy mean, they didn't have a leading role, but yeah. they were 
They're like the other stuff that's in. Oh, the yeah. I mean, it was it was like so especially yeah, they had an the Olympics being on. You got the entire flavors. You got two hundred thirty. Uh, yeah. You got all the flavors of the world, which is nice. But so, yeah. It was interesting where they, and I enjoy that because I think that's that's really what comedy is. That comedy is not like you don't have to stay in your lane for comedy. It's not there to dumb down things, right? And it's, I, it's there to make light, even no matter how serious an issue is to you personally or how serious is perceived in media. That there is a lighter side to it, and we can at least start at that point. Yeah, and well, build upon. That. I mean, the one I I always go back to is like Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle says some borderline racist stuff, but it's not racist because every single person, regardless of skin color, gender, orientation, whatever, can relate to that and be like, "All right, well, he's making fun of white people, but like, I mean, that's hilarious." Like, me speaking as a white person, like, I've never found, I've never found Dave Chappelle to be offensive to me, even if he's, like, saying, like, stuff that, like, could be provocative. That being said, like, you listen to someone like Carlos Mencia speak, and you're like, man, come on, like, that's just, that's just dumb. And I think that's what comedy, like, good, good, original, from-the-heart comedy you can play with those dangerous issues of race, sexuality, uh, religion. religion, and you can you can find that middle ground. That as long as you walk in and say like, "All right, I'm gonna open my mind to this," you can you can have an honest dialogue, yeah. which is something that you you almost can't find in other situations, yeah. which which I loved. Again, like I love the cracker. The cracker joke was hilarious. Because yeah. like, yeah. it, it, it was just funny because they they hinted at it and they. I mean, the the fact that you make a joke of non perishables. You have a firewater who's insane. The twin, yeah. the Twinkie. Yes, that the Twinkie mofo is gonna last for like, twenty oh, thousand years. Yeah. Oh, it was hilarious of a yeah. character. Well, that they chose that. Um, I mean, just getting to like some other like the biggest two wins that we we haven't talked about this yet. Um, I don't want to delve into a conversation about religion here. This is not what we're doing. We're here to drink some wine, drink some beer, have friends, have fun with friends, of course. But the conversation between um, the sausage and the bun. Of, well, why do you believe that? She's like, well, why do you believe that? That I thought right there, I would love to go back and watch this movie and just listen to that conversation. Because it's interesting because of, well, somebody believes something because somebody higher up, they think, has put this kind of notion in their head of, oh, if you go to the great beyond, everything's going to be okay. And he's like, well, and he, he asked, well, what proof do you have? And she's like, well, why do you need proof all of a sudden? You just started talking to this other person. What, what happened? Well, all right. It, it, was a, it was a, well, just in contained in that argument... I thought that was a strong, like, that has nothing to do with this well, movie that we're talking about. La- later on in the movie, they did the whole, like, he showed definitive proof that the Gravion was terrible. And people and, hated him. And it. people hated him. Yeah. And I thought... That was a good thing to do. As, yeah. as someone, I, honestly, so we're diving more into this than we probably should be, but... No, like, we don't need to. Well, so, no, I, don't, I don't care either way. I, I realistically just don't care. Um, it's funny that they actually took a pot shot at atheists. Because, so, like, I feel like, besides, like, the the Christian films, like the, oh, man, it's not Jesus died for us. Passion of the Christ? No, 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 there's a... Superstar? 
This is a really, really, really funny film that was made by like a bunch of Christians. Um, I think Just it's left name, behind. God, no, I think it's like uh, God is not a lie or something. Oh, God always forgives, or God forgives, or it's something. I, it doesn't matter. But like, so they play the atheist. You know, it's like a really cheesy, cheesy role for the atheist. Um, and I was glad that someone was able to take on like this whole better than thou atheist thing that like. You get that, like, oh, we're just going to mess with you because we're athe- atheists and we're right. Which, I'm more atheist-leaning, if that phrase didn't, like, kind of dispel that. But, like... Yeah, but there's you, even atheists that give atheists a bad name. Yeah, you just... Not to, Excuse my French, but you don't have to be a dick about it. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> you see, straight up, you just, like, you know, it's like if someone believes something, you don't have to just mess with them for that. Like, and I think they actually showed that at the end with the whole, like... You know, this was actually the truth, but, like, you presented it in the worst way possible. And I thought that showed that, that, like, it really drove home the point that, like, we as humans need to talk to each other more. Yeah. If a sausage can talk to some matzo bread, me as a human being should have no trouble communicating with you. I mean, there was there was a guy like sm- quick tangent, but there's a guy at the college that I went to that would stand out, and I know everybody had this everywhere, but that would stand out in front of the library and like scream about we're all sinners and all that sorts of stuff here, and I'm like, dude, outside of Fenway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, that. I look at that scene. I was like, that exactly what it was. That's wasn't what he was trying to do. That's probably what he like the guy in the front of the library was trying to do. But that wasn't what the sausage was trying to do. But what was his name? Frank. There we go. That wasn't what Frank was trying to do, but at the same time, like, he did it. And, uh, everybody was like, we don't believe you. Uh, all that sorts of stuff. So, I thought that was interesting. The other sort of, the other win that we do talk about, um, was the fact that just being different is completely okay. The yeah. small sausage that... Barry. Yeah, Barry <laughs> that has, like, is kind of messed up, and I like that he ended up, like, being almost the hero in the actual film. But the introduction to the antagonist of this film, by far, I think, was one of the funniest things. Because I was sitting there, and he's moving his way <laughs> through the cart. And I was like, is this a toilet brush? I'm kind of... I don't know exactly what this <laughs> is. I, it, it, like, the character design wasn't as clear to me. Um, I, truthfully, I, I realistically <laughs> have not... Yeah. I have not seen a whole bunch of douches before. Yeah, fair. Not <laughs> I mean, I'm staring at three douches right now. Hey, but like, oh, hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, so the introduction to like the antagonist, which is a douche, who is a douche, was fucking hilarious. And his he would just absorb it. He just absorbing all this shit. And I thought the funny thing was, I'm not gonna tell anybody, but. Uh, this just gonna get weird. It fucking just sucks all the juice. And what does he do with the juice fucking thing? He squishes it like we do when we drink a juice thing and throws it away. It's like, come on. That, that shit right there was... That was fucking gross. That was weird. But that is fucking hilarious. Oh, we can do the same thing. And then he douches the dude's asshole with the sausage hanging out in yeah, front. Yes! <laughs> That's the smart sort of comedy that I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. I mean, this movie was very funny. You truly though, I, I at a couple points I was like, oof, that's a little kind of that's almost too gross for me, but I'm no. still gonna keep watching it. To me, I, I thought I, yeah, it definitely got close, but I still watched, it, of course. Um, once you 
take it all in consideration and just look at this movie is hilarious. That's why I'm raving about it so much because I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie a lot. So, do you think the douche was a good bad guy? I thought he was good. The douche was a there, great bad guy. He he wasn't the only bad guy, right? So there was also this overarching thing of well, what's interesting this whole is belief like, is different. The gods, humans, yeah. Um, I mean, what I like is I saw the incoming, but. It's good to see that end happen. It is like, you don't, you don't really think about, uh, I mean, you thought like there might be some compromise or something. They might play safe with it. But no. No, kill the humans. They're fucking up our world. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that. I mean, that ended up being the outcome of how they were able to preserve themselves. I, I mean, and if you want to lead into a little bit more criticisms, um, that was probably one of my... And I'm just nitpicking at it because obviously every movie is not perfect. So it has to be a wins and criticism sort of conversation in each and every one. Yep. But um, they, I like how they ignore the, the only possibility of death in this film was being eaten by humans or being thrown away. Which yeah. was awesome that they made that trash can like a, a black hole. The I'm death scenes cool. were amazing. <laughs> the death scenes were graphic as the, hell. The, when they fell out of the, uh, the grocery cart and it was like oh, uh, Saving yeah. Prior Ryan yes, over, I thought was. that was oh, one of the best oh visually stunning scenes. It was shot for shot. The fucking shot. Yeah. The flower. That was amazing. The can of noodles just like, oh. Yeah, the, I, I, was, <laughs> I was crying laughing. I was like, I should not be laughing this hard. With the Oreo picking up the backside of his Oh cookie. my gosh, that was so sad. <laughs> it is so funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thoroughly like all that. Like, the, the one thing, like, a couple things that we talk about kind of criticisms is that these things get old. Bread gets stale. That happens. I'm wondering, are they going to talk about this? The fact that some Hayek, oof, character was in love with Dang. Bun? Did anybody know, like, what yeah. was... Teresa Taco was interesting, because yeah. she was, I mean, she. I think she was there to kind of address a couple different things. One is, um, she's a taco that has certain urges, and she feels that she has the need to repress them. And that really goes back to, like, a classic, like, um, being a taco, they're in the Mexican Isle, Mexico is a very Catholic country. And that's what I kind of got out of it was that she's like, based on my beliefs, I can't really buy into my actual natural urges of wanting to be with other female foods. Mm -hmm. And that, and like, whenever she saw Bun, she got all hot and bothered, but she had to, she had to reserve herself. She had to hold back and be someone that's a little bit more reserved and then at the end it's just like hey be yourself <laughs> clearly yeah I mean um, like the other thing that I thought was kind of shoehorned in just a little bit was uh, the fact that all the food learned how to drive a car so quickly and Barry drove Barry and all of them drove to the grocery store and carried that severed head Gumba <laughs> smart yeah that right amazing yeah <laughs> I, I, but it, it, it was a criticism here Here I'm just nitpicking because I know that you guys probably yeah. don't talk about other criticisms but I'm like what uh, it could 
could have been done a little bit differently. I was I was hoping that because they inter- they interacted with. Um, that was also another thing a, a bit inconsistent of what's alive, what's not, because they interacted with a lot of things that weren't alive, but a lot of things that weren't food. Excuse me. They interacted with a lot of food that had eyeballs that you've seen that was alive, but the condom in the street. I mean, huh? That was hilarious. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah, um, condoms were alive, but kitchenware was not. Correct. Exactly. And so I was like, well, what? Mm, I, I'm not going to think about this too yeah. much because I don't want pick, to. Yeah. But it's like... But it was interesting. There's some weird... Con- and there could, be a, there could be a deeper... I mean, there could be a deep, deeper round. I thought it'd be really interesting to like see if you had kitchenware that they interacted with. What does that relationship yeah. look like? That'd be cool. Are they like the trained military soldiers of the... See, that would have been awesome. Yeah. That would have been truly, truly sort of a strong sort of move yeah. to do that way. I would say my biggest criticism of the movie is just the visual style. And it could be for budgetary reasons. I read that this movie only had $11 million budget. Hmm. So I'm kind of actually also kind of impressed with what they did with certain scenes. But I felt like, I mean, if you look at the character of Frank, it's very just plain hot dog with arms and legs when he's talking and if you look at something like Dory and Finding Dory yeah she's a fish and stuff but her personality really shines through with that visual style of how they design her and I'd like to see a little bit more I mean they do little good things like the berry and meatloaf and gum they have their own personal taste I thought Frank was just very plain uh, and Brenda the Bond was Kind of playing, but it also freaked me out whenever their mouths move sideways, too. So. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Mike? What kind of criticisms do you have? In terms of, honestly, to expand on that, I thought the animation was just, like, not very good. The movement looked weird. It was slow. It looked like it was just in a different frame rate than how we're used to experiencing it. Uh, that being said, uh, one win that I, we haven't talked the, the orgy scene was yes. amazing. Yeah. Was, like, when they all <laughs> came together and just, like, oh, yeah, let's just hook up with each other, was, like, I was not expecting to laugh that hard. I did not expect, I did not expect that at all. Yeah, it was like, to go oh, on for as long yeah. as it did. And, oh, right, right, right. And it was, like, you're, like, you're, you're, like, oh, that's funny, with, like, the bun and the sausage. What? Yeah. Why is hummus... With a bagel! Yeah. They and they introduced that. Probably the first lines, he's like, This is all I want. And yeah. It kept happening, yeah. happening, happening, going, going, going. That so but I think the animation like could have been better. Um nope, wrong app. One second. One second here. Uh yeah, so uh I thought like Simplistic animation. I also thought, like, easier jokes. Having a bagel with... I, I brought, brought this up earlier. Uh, like, just having a bagel with, like, you know, the uh, Muslim bread. Like, it was an easier joke to make. It was an easy end. Yeah. Right, you're right. I felt like they had a... You know, the whole sausage with the... As much as I loved that orgy scene, um, the sausage with the bun was just like, oh, yeah, let's just make the characters easy to figure out kind of in the beginning of the movie. Like, we all knew what was going to happen at the end, even without knowing where it was going to go. Whereas something... And it, so, in seeing this movie, the only thought I could have was the comparison to This is the End, 
and this is the end, I truly had no idea where it was going to go. Whereas with Sausage Party, I kind of knew what was going to happen. And I think that, like, that, that shock you kind of uh, comedy is almost better when you don't have tropes that you can rely on. Fair. Yeah. And so that was my biggest criticism, that it realistically was just, like, it was predictable. Yeah, I mean, This Is The End had some very creative moments, like... Oh, Dan hey, Mc guys. Like, Danny McBride coming back as a cannibal <laughs> and stuff, so... I oh, Channing, Channing Tatum. In Channing Tatum, yeah. And uh, I, I felt that was kind of missing from this movie, too. Right. Um, and also the their, their morning song that they sing for The Great Beyond... Um, I don't think it was well done. I mean, when they played it, I wasn't really picking up on exactly what they were saying. It just, I don't know if it was arranged properly. The vocals are just kind of muted on the song. Uh, but I got the visual joke, which yeah. was good to go along with it. I was, um, and I even listened to that song three times more. I was still like, what are these people saying? And I was wondering if they did that. I, I wonder, because I saw your, your notes on that. I wonder if they did that on purpose, because even when Firewater said, I made that song, and now it's changed so much that I don't even know what they're saying. He, he, went, like, yeah, he says that in there, and I, and, I, and I wonder, I truly wonder if that was also like a remark or a joke on like different songs, different religion, like hymns and stuff like that, that is currently are out right now, like in church of, oh, I'm saying, like, we're singing the song, but we really don't know, like, them. Kind of like... Well, I'm saying the song, but I have idea. no idea what it truly means. It's funny, because uh, I, I took that as I didn't pay attention to it, because it wasn't that funny. Uh, and it wasn't supposed yeah. to be that funny. No. Like, it was like, it was like, oh, here's the song. I'm just going to listen to the tune rather than the lyrics, because I know anything yeah. they're saying won't be a, a joke. Yeah. So, I don't know. It might be, It might have been more that, where it just, like, wasn't built to be, like, a laugh. Um, side note, I do like the callbacks of uh, the funny um, wordplay, especially with the douche that would do a lot of different <laughs> wordplay and like and like people like you called me like no I didn't fucking call you <laughs> why are you talking at me um, and uh, he would just shoot to like that particular food that he just mentioned and they, like, as to the point like later on I like the progression of that joke because the joke happened yeah the joke happened the joke happened the third time and then the fourth time the, the food didn't say anything but then the douche would then approach the food was like you better not say anything and they were like no 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 <laughs> so I thought, I thought that was really funny what was that yeah. Ben Stiller like uh, Starsky and Hutch the I, third time it's funny yes do it do it do it do it do it. <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. I quote that all the time. I like your style. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, um, I didn't read so much into this movie beforehand, so I was kind of surprised at, like, who some of the actors were they got to do the voices. So, uh, Nick Kroll is a douche. I mean, I think it definitely fits his kind of humor, but... Well, he literally plays the douche on another program. Yeah. And... Um, I mean, but no, Park, Parks and Rex, his character name is The Douche. Is oh. it? No, yeah, yeah. He is, like, I was thinking of the leagues. So. Yeah, no, me no, too. No, 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 no. No. On Parks and Recreations, it, like, literally, it, there's a radio show, and, like, it's, like, it's, I think it's, like, Ezra? I don't know why I looked at you, but <laughs> it's, like, Ezra and The Douche. <laughs> and Nick Kroll is the douche in that one, so it's, it's very hilarious that he plays the douche again. 
And I think the big one is like Edward Norton as the bagel. I mean, yeah. Who, like, who saw, saw that? that coming? Yeah. Did not Absolutely. see that coming. That was awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, like I said, uh, one of the bigs was the voice acting. I thought it was played very well. I, I, I also just like liked that they were able to get the people that they could get to say the lines they did. Imagine, I mean, Chris, like Kristen Wiig coming off what could have been her biggest success on a movie and being very PG-13 about it is going to play a hard R yeah. and swear a lot in it. Like, interesting that she'd do that. Yeah, that was good. I wish I, I, wish I, I thought I liked it. Now, like, uh, Bill Hader was in this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Who he was, was uh, Firewater. He was... Oh, that's right, that's right. He tequila. was uh, Tequila. Oh, and that was a good character. That was a and good. he was Mister Walk as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They. I mean, they had they had some good food based jokes, which which I'll give it to them. Original, like there is so many like you know human based sexual, human based race, like human based things. But it was like it was a nice subtle twist to hear them talk about something that wasn't human. Or animal, like Finding Dory or, you know, whatever countless animal-based movies that we've seen. Like, how many talking food movies are there? What would you guys have for a couple, like, final thoughts for the movie before we get into grades? It's mad funny. Go see it. It's, yeah, definitely go see it. Uh, even, like, if you ever want to see some crazy death scenes, I mean, this movie has them. I mean, even though it's against food. Like banana's face falling off. Oh, it's that one was of the scariest so, thing. That was so. <laughs> that was tough. It's a fucking banana. I was like, oh, it's a banana. But I mean, that that, that definitely speaks to the strength of the movie that they made you feel for these characters. Yeah. yeah. So quickly too, because that happened very very quickly. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's oh. a banana. But it oh also God, it also banana. it also <laughs> shocked you in a way that you could draw comparisons. Yeah. Because that was during the uh, the Saving Private Ryan scene, right? Well, yeah. and, and even what spawned that scene was something that happened so consistently. Um, and I remember when I used to go to Subway a bunch um, and I would ask for mustard and i get honey mustard. Yeah. Something simple like that. That I'm like, oh, I didn't, no, I didn't want this. And the guy returning the honey mustard just to get regular mustard was like, or like, obviously like Dijon to honey and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a very simple scene, but that, that that also like fucked him up, and him, you know, committing suicide and like Frank trying to save him and stuff like that. Like he that was, was trying to do something. That was Danny that, McBride, which yeah. is a criticism for not assigning Danny McBride to a character that we would see throughout the entire movie. Because I love Danny McBride. I wonder if I that was his choice McBride though. Too. Maybe. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. I thought Michael Cera would be in it like for four minutes. I'm glad he wasn't. Uh, yeah, that character was amazing. Do you think Barry actually breaks the mold of Michael Sarah being Michael Sarah every time? Nope. It does. I think it does. No. Because Michael Sarah, Michael Sarah character is this weird, quirky, super nerdy. Yeah, but he always th- he always stumbles into the good thing, like S- S- Scott Pilgrim. But he at least found in Scott Pilgrim. We can talk about this because this is one of my favorite movies, bro. And. In Scott Pilgrim, yep, he bro. finally finds like some sort of courage after he lost everything. Uh, in this movie, he he actually 
by himself gets up and gets the courage and kind of looks within and also a little bit of luck to say, hey, we're, I'm going to do this for myself. And then from what you told me, Frank, I'm then going to live my life how I want to and be more positive and actually do from that. So I like that he broke the mold a little bit because I don't like Michael Cera's characters normally, um, but I like this one. I like Michael Cera's. I mean, George Michael and Arrested Development is like one of my favorite. I don't see that. So I mean, oh, it's so good. <laughs> but like... I don't know. I, I thought that it was... He's played two different characters in his entire career. Michael Sarah, that is. And one was Youth and Revolt, which is not good. And the other is This is the End, which was amazing. Because it was like literally antithesis. Like, oh, Michael Sarah's a total dick. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it was exactly that. And it was, yeah, it was great. Um... So, I don't know, I, I really liked how he was able to separate himself a little bit, but play the same character. Because I think he's very good at that character. He's very good at the awkward, like, oh my god, alright, oh, go, 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 what, what? Yeah. Why are you doing assaults? Can you talk to me? <laughs> like, he's very good at that, and I just want to see him do that. I think it was interesting how they, uh, and like you said before, Mike, the, just the use of the bath sauce I thought was interesting because I was, I was sitting there the entire time of how the hell are people going to talk to foods that doesn't make any oh that's <laughs> okay, bath yeah. sauce I like that bath sauce like <laughs> so I mean overall what we were thinking of us like everybody's thinking watch the movie um, enjoy it all the stuff that we talked about if you're still listening from this time if you haven't seen the movie you're strange but it's still feel free to go watch it uh, but let's go through some votes uh, and some um, grades of what we're talking about. And uh, so, what do you say, Brown? What do you grade uh, this movie? I'm gonna give it a B plus. I mean, definitely a very solid movie, very fun movie. Um, definitely recommend going to see it. Uh, I think the biggest problem with it at all is the visual look at of it. It may not appeal to everybody, but it, it's a fun ride, and you can't help but be entertained by it even if, if it's a very simple story so. yeah. I, I'm going to echo literally almost the same thing as a B plus because of the simplistic graphics and it was a very safe story um, I thought the jokes were over the top raunchy but the story they told around it was like uh, yeah alright sure I definitely recommend seeing it yeah. just compared to This Is The End. It wasn't two points behind This Is The End. It was five or six. Mm. And that's why it's a B plus, not an A minus. The one thing I would say is about This Is this the, the End, like I kind of mentioned before, is I felt like them being humans and actually something that we physically see held them back a little bit. That's why I didn't like the movie as much. I thought it was like, oh, kind of funny. I like it. Even though this was almost the same movie, I like this movie more just because of the fact that it was easier to like discern some of the things they're talking about. So, so what's your grade? Uh, my, my grade's an A, because it's a little bit better than that. And the reason why I think it's an A, because I've been seeing a lot of shit recently <laughs> in, in the movie theaters. And, and this, the fact that they went there, the fact that they did a more, and the reason why I keep bringing up South Park, the fact that they talked about religion, sexuality, you know, just simply being different, the existence. They talked about all that stuff, and they... There was no buffer. It was just one of the parts of the regular conversation of a, sh a shitty scenario that was happening with them. Um, that's why I would rate it so high. Uh, mm. Because that was... That, that takes balls. You make a good point about... Maybe. 
how Sausage Party can definitely talk about deeper meanings and stuff. I wanted just another level. I wanted them to go a little deeper with that. Sure. That's why it's going to stay at a B plus for me. That's fine. Yeah. But you do. You are right. For the summer, this is like the first film during this summer where it's like, oh, I got more than what I was expecting. Exactly. That's that's what the, rises it up. And and that's why I rate it so highly. Like, it's because I felt like. I felt that they were touching on that more, but if you go any any more than that, it, it for me personally it, it feels like you're just preaching, and now is this point where I'm like, well, yeah. that that that's gonna detract from the movie. Like the weaker South Park episodes are like, hey, let's take this moment to preach. Yeah, no, do I don't do that. Um, but feel free, please go watch this movie. Please feel free to tweet us is at underscore DIFP at Down in Front Podcast as well. We have a Reddit, we have a Twitter, we have an email, we have a bunch of stuff. Um, our Twitter, like I talked about before, our email is downinfront at gmail.com and then lastly, we have a Reddit at downinfront.reddit.com so please feel free to kind of post on that. We also run Stitcher, so everybody who's not on iPhones, feel free. You can definitely subscribe, comment to us. Uh, and with that... We are the Down and Front Podcast. I'm your host this evening. My name is Warren. I'm with my best friend and confidant, Brylin. Thank you for having me. You can find me in the corner of shame on Twitter at Brylin, B-R-I-L-U-N-D. Shame. Shame. I'm with my Ding. better best friend, Jesse. How's it hey going, bud? Hey, guys. Couldn't chime in during this last part, but I was here. And then last but not least, you have the Michael. How's it going, Michael? <laughs> Shameless plug, uh, you can check me out at uh, gmail.com. You, you can't really hear any music from an email address. Uh, but we have a Facebook page. I think it's mynews at facebook.com. Mynews? Mynews. It's uh, it's Mayan news. It's like the time. It's the Mayan word for freedom. It's M Y A space N U S. Like nine cat. It's almost like if you took. Yeah, if, yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah, like yeah, you t- yeah. if you took the phrase my anus and then split it up. But we didn't think of that. But we I, did. I'm sure you did. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my anus is it's becoming so big right now. But it we sounds will, bad too. We will see you later. Bye. See ya. Cheers.